When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome to another episode of the Adultish Podcast. You can like, listen, comment, share, and subscribe to Adultish on most streaming platforms. You can also find Adultish on Twitter at Adultish, P-Zero-D-C-A-S-T. new episode of the adultish podcast as always it's your host afia a and i'm joined today by the lovely miss kayla mensa say hello to the world kayla hello world i hope you're drinking it's the only way to get through this that's the only way to get through what we're dealing with in fact kayla is going to be our expert in residence on all things drinking for the adultish podcast today um as you know, drinking is something that us adults love to do. We love to partake in it. For those of us who like to drink, I know there are some of us who they, you know, we don't like partaking in vices. And for those of you who live that nice, clean life, if you want that dry life, that's great. That's for you. It's not for us. Not for the people on this show today. Um, and sometimes it's it's almost needed, you know, to help us get through i'm pretty sure that we've gained quite a few covid pounds from just alcohol alone so it's a big part of our lives and a big part of kayla's life because it's it actually surrounds her career so for those who do not know as a matter of fact i think you it it might be better for you to just explain what what you do so kayla can you break it down to those of us on adultish land what do you do um, well, the easy way to say it is I drink and I read for a living, nice. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, I guess the fancy term is sommelier. I sell wine, um, and, and learn about wine and teach people about wine. Learn about so. wine, teach people about wine and sell it. I mean, can you not think of a better job? I mean, like for those of us who really love wine, I, I can't see it getting, any better except for maybe the times when you get like just really bad tasting stuff or yeah yeah stuff I mean you know <laughs> it's, uh, it's not as glamorous as people think it is I will say like okay. I spend my fair bit of time like nursing wounds from a corkscrew mm. uh breaking down cardboard boxes mm. moving wine cases mm. is not nearly as glamorous as people think it is but it is a lot of fun and at the end of the day you're still selling people something that gets them drunk and so you know it's it's always a good time 
who doesn't want a good time? I mean, really. Now, before we get into some of your uh, expertise and know-how, can you tell us how how did you get to become a sommelier? And is that the correct way to say it? Because I feel like people butcher that word all the time. That That is the correct way to say it. Okay. And honestly, unless someone is a native French pe- speaker, they shouldn't be correcting anybody anyway. <laughs> I don't believe in that. Right. Um, but I got into wine as a happy accident. Okay. I uh, started working at a tiny restaurant when I was in college. And, um, you know, they needed somebody to write descriptions for wine. And at the time, I um, wanted to be a journalist mm-hmm. because I, I didn't care about money yet. And uh, <laughs> That's how we all start out in writing. We don't care about money. It's about the art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the principle. I just, I wanted to bring information to the masses. Uh, and so I was in a J school and, you know, he needed somebody to write descriptions. And so he looked at me and said, you, you write, you write these descriptions about wine. Um, I had nothing. I had no background in wine. I knew nothing other than I liked to sell it because it meant that the check average for my tables was higher, which meant I got more money. And mm. that was all I knew. But I took some time to do a lot of reading and uh, kind of fell in love with the language of wine more than anything. And then fell in love with Italian wine which was kind of, you know, I guess still my specialty. Um, and then it kind of went from there. I graduated, got a job, hated my job, quit my <laughs> job, and then started working in wine full time. So, you know, the normal story, I guess. The normal story, which I feel is always how it starts out. It's like you find this thing that you like to do and then life happens and you have to go along with life and do these things that you kind of don't want to do. And for the fortunate ones, um, or for those who are more fortunate than others, rather, um, you find your way right back to this thing that you initially started and you initially um, you know, love to do, which is kind of like, again, that's, it's like a, like you said, it's, it's really the story of a lot of people um, Mm -hmm. in this day and age. So as you mentioned, you learned and you fell in love with the language of wine. What does that mean for those of us who may not speak the language of wine? (laughs) Yes. uh, The language of wine. I mean, so I will say that I, the first foreign language I learned was French. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the wine terms surrounding wine uh, are French. And so I, you know, you hear words like terroir and cépage and all of these things that sound really fancy. Super and like, fancy. Yeah, so fancy and like so sexy when there's a random French person telling you about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just wanted to learn more, you know? Um, and I... Um, I would say that really the language of wine is however you want to describe wine is what mm. I feel like it because it's all about your own experience what you grew up eating and smelling and and doing all these things so um I've learned that the quote-unquote language is very personal Ooh. Yeah. which makes sense and and brings me to another question that I had about wine so as you said, it's, it's based on the person I've seen. I've seen quizzes online that do things like, you know, take this personality quiz and we'll tell you like what wine best suits, you know, you or whatever. <laughs> like, does does that actually mean something or or 
or no? Um, in terms of personality type, I don't think so. I think um, for me, it's a lot more about your background mm-hmm. uh, and what, and honestly, a lot of times, like for me, it's it's what you grew up with. Mm. So I grew up with a lot of Jamaican food, right? right. My mom and I grew up with lots of spices, lots of curries, lots of things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I gravitate towards wine that pairs well with that food instinct mm. without even realizing it. Um, a lot of people, if you have a sweet tooth, if you love, a, if your idea of the best breakfast is a chocolate stuffed croissant, then you're probably going to like sweeter wine, right. you know, <laughs> and that's, and so it's a lot less about personality and a lot more about what your taste buds tell you that you like. And, and usually you see that in food first right? and then one after. And then in one after. I, that is, that, that makes a lot of sense. And it clicks for me the more I think about it. Because I, so my relationship at wine was a very, um, a slow starting one. It was a late, a late bloom, a late blossom. Because I didn't really understand what there was to like about wine. I mean, being West Indian or coming up from a Caribbean background, like the more, more so than anything is hard liquor. Like that's what we know. It's like, you know, the rums, you know, the vodkas, um, you might know some, you know, you might know some cognacs, you know, like you, you learn those things first Mm -hmm. and then, you know, refining the, and those things are also, they're, they're very strong on the taste buds. So it's like, to refine your taste bud to something that's a little bit more nuanced like wine, it takes a matter of, of time and an adjustment. So for me, growing up, I, I personally did not like hard liquor, but um, I, gravitate, I gravitated towards cocktails. I'm, I'm more of a cocktail person, and I gravitate mm-hmm. towards sweet cocktails more than anything. So... While I didn't do just straight vodka and rum and all other stuff like all the uncles in the family, um, I would have a mixed drink. And then from the mixed drink, I started seeing wine. I would see people drink wine. And I'm like, I don't know. How do you know you like a wine? You know, you you see the bottle. It's either red or or clearish, maybe. You know, it's like, how do I figure this out? Mm -hmm. And... um, it sounds, I mean, saying it now it sounds really basic in a way, but it's like, you know, you always, people tend to start out with like something sweet, like a Moscato or something. And then from there, they kind of start to figure out their taste buds. Though I think <laughs> quite a few people are still very much like, I'm sticking with my entry wines, which is like the Moscato, the sweet stuff, which is the stuff that you, at one point, I feel like a lot of rappers used to be rapping about Moscato in their rap songs. So a lot of people started drinking Moscato and it was like, all right. I'm, um, and then what's her face? Um, oh, Nicki Minaj. <laughs> Nicki Minaj. Yes. I was yes. trying to remember uh, the, the woman who does love and hip hop, who was like her manager, uh, Mona Scott. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She had that whole mixed Moscato line that came out and I feel like that's what probably put a lot of black women on some Moscato and and Nikki being the brand for it just mm-hmm. threw it you know into this bigger tailspin but um I was not I, I didn't even drink that I never even tried it it just looked no offense like some hood girl shit like I didn't even want to it looked like I was just like I don't even want to touch that 
because I'm not about that life. I don't know that life. Um, you know, group in the hood, but I'm not about that hood girl life. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's what taste was as a little rougher than mine. So I was like, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna mess with that. But <laughs> I you know, know it's funny. <laughs> it's, sorry to interrupt. It no, is go funny. Ahead. Uh, because what I found with people is that what people like to drink is so coded in all of this like socioeconomic bullshit, honestly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that, uh it's very rarely just about what you like, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh and so yeah, there's definitely a, a hood girl aesthetic that comes with a Moscato. Yes. <laughs> and it's a to a certain extent. Like Moe Scott Young did not do us any favors. But right. I also think of it this way in that, like, you being West Indian also know, like, you know, our favorite thing is sugarcane, right? Yes. So, of course, if we're going to start drinking wine, what's the first thing we're going to gravitate towards? Just need something sweet as all hell. Exactly. And a lot of it isn't necessarily about it being hood or not hood, but, like, what did we, what did we and our ancestors drink and what right. did they gravitate towards and how, and how much that really affects our palate. And so I, I've had to do a lot of like, I've had to talk myself out of that mm-hmm. mindset and also most people in the wine industry, because there's nothing that will make you realize how people code their taste more than working with a bunch of white men. So like I, I had to do a lot of work to to talk to other people about how you can't just judge somebody because they come in asking for Moscato. Like there's a reason for it. And even if that reason is that they're a hood girl, at least they're drinking wine. Like, be happy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And before we even begin, as you as you mentioned that there is a special, uh, an additional specialness to Kayla, as as eloquently uh, said to me by Kayla's partner, <laughs> being oh, that God. <laughs> Kayla is a rare gem in her industry. Right. That's that's the I mean I'm cleaning it up the way <laughs> that it was said. I'm saying it really really nice because it was like she's a big ass deal. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I get it. Like I totally Damn. get it. <laughs> I mean, leave it to your partner to gas you up though, right? Right. Because you are a by POC uh, you know, a black woman. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Women of color in a heavily male-dominated um, industry. And if I may be so emboldened to, to add to the fact that you also have a queer identity around that as well. So mm-hmm. literally like a unicorn in this industry, <laughs> in the industry. Um, 
because now you know there's this a new perspective as you mentioned you know like how a lot of the way that we drink is is very much shrouded in a lot of that socioeconomic and and a lot of that commercial you know manufacturing to to push things out there like people if you see a person of color with a bottle of Ciroc or Hennessy like there is a like, there's a certain feeling or a coded a, you know a coded message when you see that right those are the people they are targeting those are people that are buying and therefore other people in in you know the liquor or you know the alcohol industry when they see that it's like okay we get it that's the audience and there's a certain you know again stereotypes and and imageries that align with a lot of that stuff so it it does in in your partner's point of view it does bring a lot of attention to mention that we have a person who is who's in in the midst of it, who is providing rather a new view and perspective in how we look at the things that we drink, why we drink the things that we drink, and also um, providing the gateway to expand our knowledge on the things that we drink and how we drink them and how they affect us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think when I think of the Hennessy example, I think of how little credit Black people get for putting Hennessy on. Yeah. Because... That whole conglomerate, the Moet Hennessy group, was in the gutter, and then they figured out that Black people liked their products. Mm-hmm. And talk about single-handedly bringing a business to the forefront of society. We did that, and I don't think we get enough credit for Not it. Not at all. And I, the reason that I um, don't like Hennessy beyond the fact that for cognac Hennessy is honestly trash. <laughs> Uh, is that they don't give black people enough credit. Mm. Uh, and so just because you throw a couple thousand dollars at a rapper is not enough for me. Like right. it, you to put some muscle behind it because you wouldn't be here without us. I know some so, people who go to Henny Palooza's. I, what is that? So <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would know. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so Henny Palooza is like, it's basically like a festival around Hennessy where people just go and they drink Henny, uh, different types of Henny. Like it's basically like an October, like a um, Oktoberfest, but yeah, for like Hennessy. Wow. Okay. And I know people who go to them and like the crowds are like predominantly black. So <laughs> it's to your point, it's like, you know, here is a company that found out, hey, these people really like the, the stuff that we drink. Throw a couple thousand at a person, it gets promoted, and there is no any kind of anything. Graces for these people, like through all this BML, uh, BLM stuff that's going on, they didn't even say, like, shit, we side with y'all because y'all drink our shit. Like, they need, like, not a thing. Not yeah. a thing. Crickets, for sure. Crickets. Um, and what I always tell people is there is other cognac out there that will give you that similar taste and you don't have to support somebody who doesn't support you right. to drink it. So, uh, you know, I, I think that is my major issue with the beverage industry and especially um, the big companies in the beverage industry is that they will ride in on the backs of whoever they can find and then, you know, just like any other, just like any other corporation, once they're done with you, they're done with you, they're done you know? With you. 
I think it, it really is. And I think it hurts even more when you know it's an industry that is so steeped in racism and sexism Mm -hmm. because the beverage industry is already bullshit. And then Mm -hmm. adding that on top of it is just, you know, rubbing salt in the wound. It is. I remember reading and or seeing, um, like this, I feel like they brought it up in drunk history once. But I remember seeing it many years ago. So if I've said the wrong information, y'all can correct me. But that, like Coca-Cola was one of those that like it stopped it at some point. I think when the beverage was first made, like they 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 banned black folks from drinking it because like it used to have small trait like traces of cocaine or small cocaine. Hence the name Coca-Cola. Like it came mm-hmm. from the same cocoa, cacao, like raw product that you get mm-hmm. coca- cocaine from. <clears throat> And when um, black people would drink it, like it would, you know, it would have the same chemical reaction as other people. But because black people were perceived as bulking and huge and, you know, when the high would hit them, like their strength would be magnified and like shit would just go crazy. They're like, now we got to let these Negroes stop drinking this Coca-Cola. Like they can't have no more of this Coca-Cola. And they banned black folks from drinking Coke. Yes, crazy and then you find out like years later that pepsi uh was really trying to hit up the black the black folks um to get to get money they were like wait how how can we promote this coca-cola is beating us oh wait they don't really promote to black folk now do they bet and pepsi started sending a lot of their advertisements and like jets and ebony's and all those magazines i want to say like in the 60s mm-hmm. and pepsi was basically bounced back by black folk like it's really it's really really crazy when you think about the history of some of these beverages and how they disenfranchise people it's and it's just drinks Can it's you- <laughs> it's just drinks it's just drinks <laughs> y'all oh, any of the important things in life it's it's just, just a drink. can you imagine like walking down the street and being a black person and like possibly being jailed or beaten for having a coke in your hand like can you imagine can you imagine that and they will lock your ass up for drinking some Coca-Cola. And and it's just the inherent fear behind that. And what's really funny is that listening to that now, all I hear is we had so much power that we didn't even realize we had in that yes. moment that they were like, oh, we can't give anything that would elevate this. Like they're already doing they're too already much. They're already too damn much. Yeah. They're already too damn brolic from these cotton fields. We can't give them Coca-Cola. That's just gonna gonna make them go crazy. We can't do it. But stop the madness. Like, I remember hearing that. I know I'm probably butchering the story or the history of it, but I remember distinctively hearing like black people could not drink Coca-Cola because the cocaine was making them too hyped up and white folks were scared of black folks killing people when they were drinking Coca-Cola. And like, it was banned. I remember hearing that. I promise I will double check that is true because I remember reading it or hearing it and hearing some version of it on Drunk History. I remember this. But so, so, so crazy. Now, to, to come back just a sec to when you were talking about how you pair wines with, like, you know, the things that you eat based on your background and your upbringing, right? Um, I wanted to... to to go back a little bit to like how again like our introductions to to drinks and the moscato is like the thing like so how i guess how would you go about helping someone 
figure out the wine that they should drink or should try rather based mm-hmm. on on like what they know and what they eat and all that other good stuff um yeah well I guess it always depends on the person but I think the first thing that I always ask is what do you normally drink okay so even outside of wine if you like spirits and cocktails what kind of spirits and cocktails do you drink mm-hmm. are you a margarita person or are you like an old-fashioned person because mm-hmm. that tells me a lot about the kinds of flavors that you like okay. um when you eat your food, do you like your food really spicy? Do you not like it spicy? Do you eat a lot of pasta and creamy things? Or do you Mm -hmm. tend to like it lighter and vegetable based? You know, like all of these things kind of play into the kind of wine that we're going to enjoy. Um, And there are some people who like all of the above. I'm one of those where I am a wine person's worst nightmare. Because I'll drink drink it all. I'll eat it all. Try another thing. Um, And those kinds of, um, I will say that those kinds of people are really exciting to me because usually they have a really broad and adventurous palette and then I can just throw things at them. And I think um, the one thing people are always worried about is that spending money on something and not liking it, mm-hmm. which I completely understand because, you know, we're out here in this panoramic and it's hard. This Polaroid you know? has been hard on all of us. Um, but what I always say is just the same way you can buy a pair of shoes and they don't fit or you don't like them and you can take it back. You might not be able to take back that bottle of wine, but you can communicate to whoever sold that to you and say, I didn't like this for this, this, and this reason. Let's try again. Okay. And I think people are scared to do that for some reason. I think we, that's, that's, I will say that is one of my fears with like trying different wines like Mm -hmm. how do you tell the person you know like I picked this out and I don't like it how like how how do I move forward now that I I know I don't like this one yeah it's um it can be a really awkward conversation to have but I really appreciate that feedback for me it lets me know where not to go because one thing about wine just like food is that they're in groups right so if you try one thing if you try a Cabernet from Napa and you hate it, that usually means that you don't like tannins and you don't like a ton of fruit on your wine and I should try something lighter. Mm. So that means that I should also probably stay away from like Brunello's from Italy and Barolo's and the Spanish wine, you know, that gives me a whole section of beverage that I probably shouldn't give you. Um, and so, I don't know, I think it's always valuable to have those conversations because while you might not get your money back, you will guarantee that the next time you, you might hate the next bottle for a different reason but it won't be the same reason the same as the last reason. time <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and so when I when I talk to people I always try to take the pressure off like listen if you don't like the bottle I'm not going to be mad I recommended it to you but it's not my baby I didn't make the wine so right. I'm it's personally like, I, didn't have, I didn't make it so. yeah exactly if you don't like it it's not you know it's not my grapes not my hands making it right um, and then we go from there. So, you know, like once you get all that information, I think what people like kind of reveals itself to you, especially as you're able to like walk them through the different types of wine. And then they'll say like, oh, that sounds interesting. Let me try that. You know, mm-hmm. that's cool. As I listen to you talk about the distinction on the distinction of the different types of wines, it just makes me question how much studying and testing and tastings and 
smelling and swooshing of the glass and how does that work and what does that do i just see people swish the glass and then like they inhale the scent through their mouth and then they inhale it through their nose yes that and then they put it in the mouth and they swish 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 and they spit like how does that work what what is that okay i mean yeah i can walk you through the tasting process I will say that it is when people do that in real life, like at a restaurant, I hate it because it's not the point. <laughs> yes. That's, ugh, don't do that. Giving all of us wine people a bad name. Um, but if you are tasting a wine to figure out, for example, like if if you are in a store and you're tasting a wine to figure out if you like it and you're not trying to, to actually drink, mm-hmm. um, it is always a swirl because it allows the wine to come in contact with oxygen. Okay. Which, causes a slight evaporation of the alcohol you get aromas from that evaporation and it just so that's why you'll see people swirl and then sniff okay um you sniff both with your mouth open and closed because how you perceive olfactory stimuli Mm -hmm. can change based on whether your mouth is open or closed Mm. uh and then when you take a sip you swish it around so this started I will say based on faulty science mm-hmm. because it started because people used to think that different taste buds were located in different, in different parts, parts of your, yeah. Right. Which isn't technically true, but your brain kind of perceives it as such. And okay. so you switch it around so that you can perceive like all of the acidity in the wine. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Find the full weight and like body of the wine and get all the fruit flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you spit it out because when you're doing this for a living, the amount of wine that I taste, if I swallowed everything, I would not be able to walk home. (laughs) It's not not pretty. You can't be drunk at work like that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's the, that's the entire tasting process. um, Which I I would appreciate that breakdown. Yeah, of course. I mean, all of that is not necessary. If you're just at a restaurant trying to get a glass, I would Mm. say swirling and smelling absolutely enhances the experience for wine but you don't have to do anything other than that okay so anybody who starts doing the whole like swishing and all of that stuff you're like you're just trying to be really pretentious right now and you Mm -hmm. need to go somewhere with that yes got it now we know as adults what that actually means y'all i used to just watch people do that and be like i don't i'm trying to figure out how this all aligns and connects because then they turn around and go i can taste the current i can taste the rosemary 
I can taste. It's like they're tasting all of these things and it's like how sway from just smelling and but okay, the smelling opens up the sense of the aroma and then the Mm -hmm. tasting is different with the mouth open and the mouth closed, which is smart. It makes it really does make sense the way that you take things with your mouth open versus your mouth closed. There is a there is a certain difference in that. Never thought about that before. Yeah. A legitimate science to this, y'all. There is. There is a science to it. I will say, uh, I think one of my issues currently with the language of wine is that we use very um, Eurocentric things to describe Mm. wine. And so people will say currants, but when was the last time you had a raw currant, fresh currant? Right. You know, how how do you know what that tastes like? Unless, I didn't have a fresh currant until I went to seek it out because I was doing wine certification, you know? Um, And one of the things that I've had to learn to do is describe wine in a way that feels authentic to me. And so I don't use currants anymore, but I will use like blackberries, blueberries, things that are more common. Okay. Yeah. I smelled the wine the other day and I was like, this smells like sorrel and you can't tell me otherwise. (laughs) 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 You can't tell me this doesn't smell like a Jamaican house on Christmas. I refuse. (laughs) And you know, those are, those are things that are really like obvious to me and bring you back to a place. And I think mm-hmm. that's the whole point of wine really is that it's supposed to be enjoyed and you're supposed to get out of it, whatever you want to get out of it. It's not, you're not supposed to get what John Smith from Oklahoma gets. You have two completely different experiences and two completely different palates. So. Mm. So what are your favorite wines to drink and what do they bring up for you when you drink them? Hmm. Um, Right now, because I love Italian wine, I feel like I have been obviously drinking a lot of Italian wine. But right now, I've been drinking stuff that reminds me of being in Jamaica. Mm. Like, I think it's because I miss traveling. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I just remember spending summers there and like smelling like the smell of the trash fires in the gullies, you know, Mm -hmm. like that smoky, slightly dirty smell or like being in the market and that intense scent of like fish plus there's a random goat running around because of course and (laughs) there's like trash on the street and it's kind of funky but also like it seems like it for me it brings back memories of home Mm -hmm. uh so I've been drinking a lot of like funky Italian varietals like Grappello which is a random wine from (laughs) a random place in Italy but um, uh I you know you get that with some um, red wines from the Piedmont. So like some lighter stuff like Barbera and Dolcetto. Uh, You'll get it in rosés from Umbria, which is kind of like central Italy um, in Chiaretto. So that's, that's what I've been drinking the most of. And then champagne, because luckily I work in retail because I always say I have champagne (laughs) palette and Prosecco budget. So. Yes. (laughs) What is the difference between a Prosecco and champagne? I know that cha- was, is that champagne is from France because that's like the big thing that people say. It's like it's yes. not champagne if it's not from France. <laughs> yes. So champagne is a region in France uh, and you cannot call it champagne if it is not from that region. Yes. Um, now you guys know. Stop calling every damn thing champagne. It's not. That it's shit not is sparkling champagne. water. It's sparkling it- cider. <laughs> <laughs> It is, yeah, it's cider. It is not champagne. It's Prosecco. Yes, white glow. Stop. It's 
fancy ass white claw dam. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there also, there's also a difference in how it's made. So okay. to be from champagne and to make wine in champagne, you have to hit a certain, like there are certain requirements that you have okay. to fulfill. Um, so for example, the thing that makes bubbly is a second fermentation in the bottle. Mm. Um, and it has to be done in the bottle and it has to reach a certain amount of pressure or else it's not going to be champagne. Prosecco is made in like large stainless steel tanks and they inject CO2 into the wine, which is what causes oh, the bubbling. Okay. And so it's a completely different style of making it. So one is like, for lack of a better term, like artificial bubbles and the other one is like bubbles that's made from the actual fermentation. the fermentation of the liquid itself. Yes. That's interesting. I remember seeing something there, like, <clears throat> like Prosecco's are mostly mostly Spanish or like from Spain or something or no? Or like uh, the, the big name ones are probably from. So Prosecco is normally from Veneto in Italy. Okay. Uh, Cava is usually from Spain. Cava, okay. Yeah. And Cava, they tend to make in the same style as Champagne, mm-hmm. but Prosecco is kind of its own thing. Its own beast. Yeah. I'm telling you, this, there's so much you can learn about wines. And I'm just going to ask you all the questions. Like, I'm going to ask the simple whole girl question, which is, what is the difference between red wine and white wine? I think that's like the initial thing that, yeah, <laughs> that all that's... girls, all women who are just getting into wine, I call y'all <laughs> the hood girls, but we, we all the hood girls. We just getting into wine. We got a little taste of Moscato. Now we inside, <laughs> you know, the liquor store and we see red and see, we see white. Was it? It was between red and white. <laughs> so the main difference between red and white is uh, usually the grape that is used. Okay. So there are red grapes and there are white slash green slash gray grapes that will make white wine. Um, and it's just like what you see in the grocery store, right? You have red grapes, you have green grapes. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that makes the difference is how it's vinified or how it's made. Okay. So red wine usually they will press and the juice sits on the skins. Okay. Which is what gives red wine its color and its mm-hmm. tannic structure and a lot of the flavors. Yeah, a lot that of we the body and all that other good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And then white wine, they press the juice and then they remove the skins and then they ferment that separately. Mm. Man, I'm learning a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning a lot. I mean, like, I mean, it, and like as I learn it again, it all clicks. It's all clicking because I understand the whole thing between, between tannins, and I only un, I only know the word tannins because of America's Test Kitchen because I like watching that show, and they were talking about the tannins in the tea, mm-hmm. like more tannic tea than other. And I apparently like uh, tannic tea because I like to add milk to it to kind of like mm-hmm. help with that. Um, so it makes sense that that's why red has that more. I don't even know how to describe it, but that that flavor to it versus mm-hmm. white, which is a little bit more subtle and can often be whatever. Why, how, or how is it that wines like get dry? What, what is that? Uh, that is a product of fermentation. Okay. So the, so this is my science nerd. The equation <laughs> for fermentation <laughs> is that sugar plus yeast equals alcohol and co2 okay right so 
yeast job is to break down the sugars that exist in whatever you're fermenting Mm -hmm. and then turn that into alcohol. Um, With wine, it is the grape, the sugar from the grapes. Um, And then as it ferments and all of that sugar is kind of used up in that process, the alcohol by volume percentage will go up. Mm. So that's why um, one of the tricks of the trade that we say is that if you're looking for a sweeter wine, you can take a look at like the ABV or the alcohol by volume on the bottle because that means that like if assuming that the winemaker is using really ripe grapes, if you have like a Riesling, for example, that is seven to 8%, that means that it's not fermented dry because ripe Riesling should give you like an 11% at least, Mm. you know? Okay. So now you know, and now you know that you can get more of a buzz with some more dry, with some, some dry stuff. Yeah, you know, drier wine tends to be slightly higher in alcohol than sweeter wine. That is true. So if you're, if you're going for a, a bang for your buck, then that's definitely where to go. I feel like I had some, I think, listen, it might have been like a Sutter Home wine. It was like a mm-hmm. red. And it had to have been dry because that was the first time I ever had, I think, red wine. And... I would have one glass and just feel like, whew, what <laughs> happened? Like, like I'm just there, like, feeling all, like, nice and shifting side to side in my chair. And I'm like, this is just one glass. Like, what is this? Like, what is this stuff? And I can't even remember what, I can't even remember which wine it was. Let's tell you, I was just grabbing stuff out the fridge. It was just there. I don't even know who put it there. I just started <laughs> drinking it. <laughs> It was sitting there for like from strangers. Yeah, it was just in the fridge for like a while in the basement. I was like, I don't know. This was some time ago when they had something at the house, but uh, this thing just had me just going back and forth in the chair. And I was like, I like red. I like this. I can't even remember what the name of it. I know. I believe it was Sutter Home. I think it was a it was a Southern Home. One of the I I can't remember. I can't remember which one. But this is all good information. Super good. Because I know for me, a lot mm-hmm. of the anxiety is walking into a liquor store and seeing like Cabernet and Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot Noir and literally not knowing what the hell those things mean. And yeah. literally just, that's why we girls be in the sticking to the Moscato. It's like, I know Moscato. I don't know. <laughs> what is that? I don't know those things. But that Moscato, I know. And it's pink. Oop. Now I'm going to get it even, you know, like now we got a color to it. We're friends, you know, but as you said, I had to like take a moment and step back and go, okay, we're not going to keep living in this, this realm of this Moscato because it's been marketed to us for so much, for so long. And mm-hmm. there are other flavors and things to try. So I started um, drinking Riesling. Like that's, that was my my natural, I guess, progression from Moscato to Riesling. Right. Um, and so I will drink that. And then I'll try to drink different brands to get the different flavors of how they make the Riesling. Because it's like some, there's a difference in taste between a Sutter Home or a, a Barefoot. I remember one side note, even mentioning that I drank Barefoot and my friend's wife was like, girl until you drink real good wine like you need to stop drinking that piss she was like stop drinking that it is like dirty water like don't drink that she's like when you drink good wine 
you will stop buying those barefoots. And I'm like, you, it's, it, it is true. It's unfortunate because I feel like the barefoots and the setter homes of the world, they've cornered the market. The on, yellow tails. Like, yeah, on the yeah. cheap line. And I would say a step above that, a, a baby step above that is Trader Joe's. Okay. I, I'm not mad at Trader Joe's and their like, you know, two buck chuck situation. Um, because at least I think they give you stuff that is what, like what I like to say is varietally correct. Or like it's red wine. It's like a Cabernet that tastes like a Cabernet, you okay. know, whereas I feel like sometimes Sutter Homes, they'll make a Cabernet and just taste like a generic red wine. You can't tell the difference mm. between the Cab and the Pinot or, right. or the Zinfo or whatever. Um, and then what I always do tell people, and this is something that I have gotten into recently, is I so now I work at a store, a natural wine store, mm-hmm. um, which is good and bad. Um, but because once you start working with natural wine, you realize all of the crap that they put in conventional wine that mm-hmm. they never tell you about. Um, and that is why I feel like for people, I always recommend, even if it is a bottle that you've never seen before to try that bottle over the, the bigger names mm-hmm. um, because they, you know, they are only looking for consistency right. and they will throw anything into that one in order to make, make it consistent. So it's essentially mm-hmm. like when you're drinking Sutter home, it's like the McDonald's of wine, right. you know, it's like, there's no, there's no difference between that wine and any other wine. And they're putting stuff in there that isn't necessarily good. Like you can legally put 42 things into a bottle of wine that isn't grapes, water, and sugar and still call it wine in this country. And so, you know, you just want to just be careful. Like look at, look at something else sometimes. (laughs) It's like, um, you know what, just, just walk past it in the store. Just, you know, like <laughs> divert your eyes different. from the home and the yellow ta- yellow tail and and all of that, and just like look. And I think some liquor stores are better at this than others. This is why I really love wine shopping online. Mm-hmm. Um, you live in New York, so I feel like Astor Wines is a good place to do that because they will have stuff that is cheap. Okay. That hits like not exactly that Sutter Home price point, but close to it. Okay. And is still like better for you and better quality than, than what you're going to get in a liquor store or a bodega, you know, like it's. Astro wine, you said. Yes. Astro wines. Awesome. Okay. We'll look into that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah Cause like I said, my friend's wife was, she, man, when she cut me with that, she cut me deep too. She was like. I mean, <laughs> she didn't have to go that hard about it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> She didn't, I don't recall her, she didn't call it piss water. I, I, I retract that. I think my friend said that he called, he calls tequila devil's piss. I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm mixing up. <laughs> what did tequila ever do to him? I don't know. He hates it very much. And he's like, it's devil's piss. Don't ever drink that. Um, I love wrong. And it's like, bro, listen, when I was like going through my divorce, me and tequila were the best of friends. We were like every other night. Shot, shot, shot. I promise I didn't get like stupid drunk. But me and Jose, we had a relationship during that time. But she, yeah, she said to me, I think I had posted like a photo of like a bottle or something. And the response was very much like, um, until she's like, she. it was very much like, listen, that's cute. But when you drink real wine, like, you know, you haven't had real wine until you haven't had that stuff. Like when you've had real wine to get you, get you going to get you right. It's, 
it's better than that generic stuff. Um, and again, I think a lot of the reason why we fall into these traps again as adults is because we we tend to figure like we don't know who to ask. It's not something that's taught. Like how to drink isn't isn't something. It's one of the many things that I feel like should be an adult class. Like, you know, when you turn 18, there should be some continue. You know how there's a continuing adult education courses for like yeah. Microsoft Excel and Word. Mm-hmm. There should be like a class for drinks, money, like Ooh, how to change yeah. a car tire. Like there should be these fundamental classes <laughs> that'll teach us how to be like real to live in real world situations because we go into liquor stores and we don't know what to buy. Yeah. And I also think that a lot of these stores are kind of designed to be intimidating. They put, they put what they want you to buy right up front. Yep. Everything else is organized in a way that it's overwhelming. And then you can never find somebody to ask for help. And then when you do find somebody, they look you up and down and they're like, Oh, well, what you really want is over here. And that's not help that we're looking for. Right. Which is why. I don't know. I feel like now, especially in the age of social media, like go on Instagram, find it. There are a lot of us. Um, I say a lot. I mean that re- relatively, relatively compared to what it was, yes. but like, hell go on Instagram. Fine. I'm on Instagram. I know several other wine professionals who are black women on Instagram. Ask us like, I'm here. What should I, this is, this is the store that I'm going to be at. What should I get? Mm-hmm. And I'm more than happy to, shoot you recommendations because I, we don't need to be drinking soda home all the time. Like there's there, we get enough shit in our, in our environment and our food and whatever else that the things that we're drinking for enjoyment should be purely that for enjoyment. Mm. And we don't need anything else that comes along with it. So. I like that. I like, you know what snaps for that. (laughs) I like that. It's, it's, it's so true. It's like, I, you walk into the liquor store. Like the other day I walked into the liquor store. I All I know was that I wanted like rum and vodka. And then I was like, I want to get like a cheap thing. But then I also was like, I there are, you know, products that I like, certain brands that I like. And then <clears throat> I go up to the register and I'm thinking about, I want to get a tequila maybe. And I see this woman gets Casamigos. And I've only heard of Casamigo like in passing. Mm-hmm. Um but then I think like I was listening to Spotify and there was a, um, what's his face? George Clooney. Cause I think he owns part of Casamigo. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he had a commercial. So I remembered, Oh yeah, that's that George Clooney tequila. Right. And I bought it. And like, I'm preserving the hell out of that because one, I didn't even have like a understanding of how much it cost. <laughs> I just remember telling them, yeah, just ring it all up. Just ring it all up. Stepped away, came back and I was like, wait a minute. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I ordered three things. This was 15. This was 20. Why the hell is my bill like $70? Like, I don't understand. Like, wait a second. Wait. You know, but the car was done swiped and I was like, shite, I can't undo this. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm just sitting here. I'm literally... I am nursing this bottle of Casamigo. No, I can't. I can't blame you. Uh, one tip for the spirits purchasing that I will get judged for uh, by wine people, but I don't care about that, uh, <laughs> is if you have a Costco membership, Costco 
is your best friend. Mm. They sell because they have Costco's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, they sell spirits at a price that you can't really get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And even their like Kirkland's brand stuff is decent enough if you're using it for a cocktail. Okay. And it's like $15 for a full liter. Nice. And that I can say, you know, like Costco is kind of like the anti-Walmart to me. And so they're, okay. they're, like okay. slightly, they're slightly better. You know, they test their products. They, they, because people have to pay for membership, historically, they've been very good about providing like good quality for their price. And so it's always a good value. So I always tell people, if you are a spirits drinker and you're not trying to be all up in the Casa Amigos and the, and the, <laughs> and the like high end vodkas and all of that, because not a lot of us are or have oh. the wallet for it. Nope. Um, Costco is a great option. Yeah. So if you heard that, pay, I hope you listened. Costco, if you got that membership, if you got an aunt or an uncle who got that card that going to lend you that membership, <laughs> hit them up. <laughs> Be like, listen, I'm trying to trying to have some a COVID party at the house. <laughs> A party of one, I need to get these drinks on block. Hello. <laughs> because I know that's going to be me in the next few days. I'm going to hit up my sister for whoever she knows that got it. I know she knows somebody who got a Costco membership. So oh, absolutely. About to and, that up. you know, also Costco, if you're listening, I'm here for a sponsorship. Costco, listen, <laughs> we are looking for sponsorships. I would love it if you would please reach out Miss Kayla Mensa for a sponsorship. We will have her on this show on a weekly basis. If you throw some money at us, we will make a cocktail. We will have Miss Kayla. In fact, we will have you come and join me for a Fifi at the Dark, which is the episodes when I get drunk and get on this microphone. That's amazing. Wait, I want to sign up for that. Yes. Yeah, let's do Costco. We, 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 will, we, will, we will do this. Even if Costco doesn't get involved with Costco. Costco. <laughs> You can make this happen and make it mwah, lovely. We will put the banners in the back of our Zoom background. <laughs> we will do it up for y'all. But yes, we, we're going to have to do another one of these when I'm definitely doing a Fifi After Dark because that's that's when I get all the cocktails and start drinking and just start talking random nonsense. So oh, that sounds great. We're going to have to come back and do that. <laughs> <laughs> but for the time being, um, I do want to be mindful of your time. So, Ms. Kayla Mensa, thank you so, so much for coming on to this episode of Adultish. Before we go, I want you to please tell the world where they can find you so they can stop making these, these devastating and dastardly decisions when buying wine because we need to be schooled. We need to stop drinking this mixed Moscato and Sutter Homes and Yellowtail. We need. <laughs> We need to be elevated. Come on. It's that time, sis. We need it. We need we it. It is 2021, you know? Like, elevate everything in your life, but elevate. also make sure you elevate your alcohol. Uh, yes. So, you can find me on Instagram at wine griot. That's if you don't know how to spell griot, G R I O T, wine griot. Um, I am, I also have a website, winegriot.com, and you can email me at wine griot at gmail.com. I am available on all of those platforms. 
Awesome yeah. sauce. Make sure you guys hit her up for real, for real, though. Um, and yeah. you guys can find me and Fia on the Twitter at La Jolie Poeta. That's L A J O L I E P O E T A. You can also find me on Instagram at A L J A 0214. And if you want to hit us up on the Adultish Podcast, you know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Adultish P 0 D C A S T. If you would like to learn more about tonight's episode, if you want to ask your questions to get to Kayla, whatever you want. If you want to just hit us up and talk about your favorite drinks or, or why you love mixed Moscato or why it's great to leave mixed Moscato behind, you can email us at afia at digidisnet.com. That's afia at D-I-G-I-T-I-S-N-E-T dot com. Once again, Kayla, thank you so very much for joining on this episode of Adultish. And you guys, as always, drink wisely. And responsibly, but wisely. This episode was more about drinking wisely, okay? Take chances, take risks, figure out your budgets, understand your tastes, and venture out into the world of wine, okay? It's time to put that Bacardi down and have a sip of some red, y'all. Time to do it. Let's do it. Let's let's give the absolute a break, okay? And, you know, just... Elevate our taste buds a little bit, you know. Come on, it's 2021. We we ain't got nothing else but time because of COVID. So you might as well get your drinking in order. Understand what you like to drink as an adult. I think. And then also think about the aftertimes. Yes. When you when you have elevated your palate, imagine how much you're gonna stunt when you sit in your at your first restaurant. And you know exactly what you want mm. and exactly what to order. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be, you know, to, to give them people that little shush when they come to you looking all sedity, like, what do you want? And you bust out like, I want that 98 Napa Valley. Da, 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 da. Yes. And in a slightly chilled glass, please. Thank you. Boom. <laughs> I mean, Not what else can switch. they say to you? <laughs> Nothing. Why? Because you know your shit. Thank you, Kayla, for starting the process. We are going to continue this. This is a movement. Absolutely. This is a movement. It's a wine movement. We're going to have it happen. <laughs> it's, it's happening. <laughs> but yes, thanks for stopping by. And yet again, drink responsibly, y'all. Drink responsibly. Seriously, drink responsibly. <laughs> With that. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. Bye, y'all. <laughs> worked hard for what you have your money your assets your 401k and home isn't it all worth protecting nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft lifelock ultimate plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement lifelock alerts you to identity threats you might miss and if your identity is stolen your dedicated u.s-based restoration specialist will work to fix it let lifelock help protect what you've worked so hard for save 25 percent off your first year on lifelock ultimate plus at lifelock.com aware terms apply